Before you can be authentic with others, first, you have to be honest with yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. My name is Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com, where I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs so they can live their best lives and run the businesses they desire. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, hopefully, I'm actually hoping some of you haven't caught yesterday's episode so I can do a little bit of a redo. Uh, yesterday, I started a discussion with all of you on authenticity. And I started to talk about how do you put your most authentic self out there? I dove deep into what authenticity really is and what it really isn't. And as I was thinking about the conversation and the things that I had to say, it kind of caught my attention that I went a little out of order. I started talking to you all about how you can present yourselves to other people, to your clients, to your community, to your network. And what I forgot is that the first step really is are we being authentic and honest with ourselves about who we are, how we move through the world, what we do, and how we serve? And I think a lot of times people skip that part, particularly when they're business owners. They're always focusing on the bottom line. They're always focusing on, you know, getting the sale, building the audience, getting people to know, like, and trust them that they sometimes forget to check in with themselves. I talked to you a couple of days ago about how when you're on a personal development journey, you really do need to take a moment to pause at the various crossroads of your journey to see how you your values have changed, how your self-perception might have shifted, how your strengths and weaknesses may have, you know, been changed or altered in the time that you were working on something. But I also think that, like, that's not just where the discussion ends, right? Because there's the other part about being honest with ourselves about our strengths and weaknesses, knowing who we are and who we aren't, what we're capable of, and what's beyond our means. I think sometimes we skip that point because it's hard to look at. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it makes us feel bad about ourselves, or we worry that the rest of the world won't like or understand us. But when we don't take the time to get really clear about who we are and accept ourselves in the very spot we are in our lives today, we're missing the mark. And I think sometimes that's actually why we don't um, successfully connect with our audience or with our network. It's because we're misaligned with ourselves. It's like putting out a shiny car, like the brand new Porsche, the 2018 such and such, but then underneath it's the engine of your old lemon. It might look shiny and new, but if it doesn't run shiny and new, there's going to be an automatic disconnect. I want to talk to you today about the steps you can take to really just do a quick check-in about who you are, how you move through the world, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how do you learn to live with it. Stay tuned. A 
participant at the conference I attended this weekend asked me, you know, how do we know who we are? How do we figure some of this stuff out? And I think it's a two-pronged approach. One is being really honest about our likes, our dislikes, the things that set us up for success in the world, and the things that set us up for failure. And sort of coming to a place of acceptance around those things. So for example, I tend to be, and people who are listening to the show or see me on my Facebook Lives can sometimes be surprised to learn this, but I tend to be pretty introverted. I don't really get my energy from crowds and other people. I get my energy largely from my alone time or time spent with smaller groups of people. And at a conference when there's a hundred people, many of whom already have come to know, like, and trust you, they want to spend time with you and they want to get to know you more. And that for me was a lot of pressure. I wish I could have been the person who could just be like loud and in charge and show up in the crowd and just, you know, represent on all eight cylinders. But that isn't me. Sometimes I could like dive in and do the deep dive into group dynamics or talk to a large crowd. But other times I needed to back away stay on the edge of the group, talk to a couple of other people, even though I really wish I was the person who at a conference could just over deliver 115% to 100 people for as long as they needed her to do that. I had to accept about myself that that's just not who I am. And part of being authentic is not putting myself out there to be that person. I don't advertise myself as an extrovert. I didn't lead people who were attending that conference to believe that I was just going to be out and about and socializing the entire time. I was really clear with people that I wanted to spend time with the group, but that I also knew I wouldn't be showing up with any sort of genuine authenticity if I didn't also tune into myself and how I move through the world. I gave the example in the talk too about um, this, and I actually think I might have used this as an example in a previous podcast episode. As you get to listen to me more and more, you're going to learn um, that like, just like my husband, he hears me repeat all of my stories all the time. You're going to be in on that too, and you're going to be in my inner circle who've heard all my stories all the time. Um, but I was speaking at a conference, and I went reference the movie Runaway Bride. And in the movie, there's a scene where Richard Gere tells Julia Roberts, you don't even know how you like your eggs. And that was a reference to how when she was in various different relationships with people, she would just adapt to whatever her partner had for breakfast. However, he had his eggs were how she had hers, and she lost a sight of herself. I think sometimes that happens to us dream getters, right? Like when we're going after the dream, when we're trying to sell a new product or a new service or put ourselves out there, we try to be the person we think our audience wants. And we lose sight of who we are. We don't lead with genuine authenticity when we do that. We have to take a step back and know who we are, know how we align with our ideal customer, know where we have similar traits, characteristics, and preferences, but also know how we stand apart and how we're different. So the questions I walk people through when I, I worry a little bit that they might not be honest with themselves about who they are or what they're up to, what they're capable of, is to start like going through a list of the personality traits, their favorite ones and their least favorite ones. 
and I asked them to spend some time reflecting on how they got there. So often we bemoan the traits about ourselves we don't like, and we forget that that's disrespecting the experiences that life has given us that's made us that way. We don't become guarded or defended for no good reason. Life has handed us some reasons. And when we just bemoan the bad, we're disrespecting our experience. So first, it starts with where you've been and where are you now? What do you like? What don't you like? And what might you need to change? But what might you need to accept? Another easy way to look at this is to ask yourself, when was the last time I censored myself? When was the last time I had an opinion, I had something to say, and I didn't say it? A lot of times when we're not being honest with ourselves, we're ignoring the parts of ourselves that we worry are too provocative, too alienating, um, that would challenge our audience in ways that may threaten our bottom line, but we skip the parts where we're divisive. But those are the parts oftentimes where we sometimes find our passion that sometimes gets ignored. We find the things we really, truly care about. Recently, I've started to talk more publicly about the online support um, in the communities that I'm involved in, that with online business entrepreneurs, because people feel so isolated, because people in their personal lives don't feel like, you know, others get them or, um, you know, really understand what they're all about. There's this pressure to, when you're a member of an online group community, to simply be supportive because sometimes that's where the only, the only support the entrepreneur gets is in those groups and communities. But as a result, we risk accepting and supporting things that go against our values. Sometimes our silence is read as permission. And I have been quietly reading posts for over a year now of people running businesses that they have no business running. And I've always sort of been able to say, not my monkey, not my circus, and look the other way. But as I step into a leadership space and I start to think about how a leader would move in this, well, a leader has some responsibility to show up and to say something, to change the tide a little bit so that if I do, you know, have an issue with the way the coaching community online is looked at, I'm participating in a conversation that's going to make it change in a positive direction. When I was really honest with myself, one of the things I started to look at and see is how often I ignored the provocative opinions I had. The number of times I wanted to tell these so-called business coaches that they have no business <laughs> running an online business, offering coaching to people because they themselves haven't run a business. I had to be really honest too with myself that I see a lot of people in the space whose skin simply is not thick enough to be a business owner, who cannot handle the hater comments, who cannot handle the feast or famine mentality that can sometimes happen, and who don't have the resiliency needed 
to get to the other side of the hard times. Again, I went to not my monkey, not my circus, but I wasn't being honest with myself. So then what happened is when I started looking at live videos I had done, interviews I had done, or played back podcast um, episodes of interviews I had done with other shows, I started to realize that I, I sounded really fake to myself. And the average listener probably had no idea because as a rule, I do tend to be a really friendly, happy, positive person, but I also have a lot of strong opinions. And I was leaving those opinions on the sidelines because I was afraid they wouldn't be accepted, they wouldn't be heard, they wouldn't be understood. Fill in the story, fill in the blank there. There's so many fears that come in when we're really struggling with showing up as ourselves. The other thing too is recognizing what our limitations are. Where as much as we want to, we simply can't show up in the way that we want to. Now, I hope by this time you've come to know me as someone who's pretty good with words. If I'm not, I probably have no business being on a podcast, right? But I have to tell you, the flip side of that is I am an absolute idiot when it comes to tech sometimes. It's not intuitive to me. It's not organic to me. I need way more instruction than the average person. And most of the apps and software that's out there, they don't teach you these things. They kind of expect you to figure it out on your own. I can't pretend just to be, you know, sort of put myself out there as a leader or as an expert that I've got the tech game down simply because I'm online. I have to own my strengths and own my weaknesses, and you do too. I just said something that's really important in the last segment, and I don't want you to miss it, so I'm going to repeat it. I want you to be able to own your strengths and your weaknesses. I did that backwards again. I said own your weaknesses first, right? Because that's usually the hardest part, um, and that's the thing that people are so afraid to you know, recognize about themselves because they fear that it's not going to get them a sale. They fear that they're not going to get someone's respect or that they won't be successful in a networking opportunity if they don't just puff up and show everything they're good at. But one of the things that I really, when I think about the business owners I've been working with, one of the things they really do struggle with some Sometimes is owning their strengths. Now, an obnoxious example of this, <laughs> of me doing that, of actually owning my strength, is I one of my side jobs um, as part of my business, like one arm of my business, is I'm a mindset consultant for the Screw the 9 to 5 private coaching community. It's called Screw You, and they're a business coaching community that helps online business owners build their businesses in ways that are more systemic and organized. Um, so it kind of gives um, online business owners a roadmap for how to build an online business. One of my responsibilities within the group is to help people with the mindset struggles along the way. I do that in their private Facebook community, and then I also do that um, on monthly workshops. And in last month's workshop, at some point in time, and I forget the context, of course I forget the context to this, but I said something like, I'm one of the best mindset 
you know, coaches in this space. And I said it loud and proud and in charge and front and center and unapologetically, probably to the point of being a little obnoxious, right? But here's the thing. After 20 years of working in clinical social work, of owning my own business, now building my second successful business, I get to say that I know what I'm talking about and I get to own it. And I think a lot of times people are hesitant to own their skill sets, to own their talents, to own what puts, you know, sets them apart from everyone else because they don't want to be seen as narcissistic. They don't want to be seen as leading with ego. They don't want to be seen as arrogant. So instead, they don't play to their strengths and they don't show their strengths. And honestly, that's just as dishonest as people who hide their weaknesses. We owe it to ourselves to hold both. If we're going to put out a challenge to people that they have to be honest about who they are, what they do, how they serve, and include the places where they're not as strong or not as talented, we darn well better show up for ourselves and own unapologetically the things that we're good at, the areas in which we have talent, natural ability, gifts, fill in the blank for it. But we need to own what we're good at. Because we need to know that we're going to use those strengths in our weak moments. We're going to lean on them when everything else feels like it's gone to hell in a handcart. We're going to remind ourselves of what we're good at and what we're capable of. And when we think about marketing without sleaze and we think about putting our message out there to get a sale, we have to know unapologetically how we transform lives if we're service providers or how we make lives easier if we're product providers. We need to know that about ourselves and we're not helping anybody by hiding our talents. We want to balance it, of course. We still want to be approachable and human. And if every single day, and every single conversation, I was reminding people that I know my stuff when it comes to mindset for business owners, well, then, you know, I'm shooting myself in the foot. I'm not, you know, doing myself any favors. I'm not doing my audience any favors. And some of it will always be quietly knowing it not having to say it out loud, but moving through a world in such a way with informed confidence so that we know what we're bringing to the table, we know the value we're offering, and we know we're, why we're better than the next person. We have to be clear on that because that's part of being honest with ourselves. That's part of being authentic when we represent ourselves to other people. So let me recap. In order to be authentic with other people, first, we need to be honest with ourselves about who we are, how we move through the world, and how we serve. That means knowing our strengths, knowing our weaknesses, and being able to accept them unapologetically. We're always going to have goals. We're always going to have things we want to work on. It's kind of in the DNA of entrepreneurs and business owners to always want more, go for more, try to learn more. But wherever we are in our journey, we have to accept that this is where we are in our journey. We have to accept that for right now, in this place of time, these are our strengths and these are our weaknesses. And knowing what we bring to the table that's in front of us, even when we're shooting to be at a larger, more influential table down the line. 
I hope I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoyed starting it with you. I think it's an important one, and we need to keep talking about it as we go forward. If you like what you're hearing, please do take the time to leave a review over at iTunes or on your iPod app, um, on your podcast app, wherever you might be finding the show. Leave a review. Consider subscribing so you get every episode on uh, Monday through Friday as they roll on in. They'll find their way to your app. And I would really love it if you join me tomorrow for the next conversation. If you want to keep the conversation going for today, find me over at Facebook at my group, Choose to Have It All, or you can follow me at choosetohaveitall.com forward slash follow. That'll get you all of my different content, my blog posts, and different media things that I've done, and you can follow me there. Thanks so much. Until tomorrow, you take care and have a good day.